welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about Virgo season. We're going to take a look at the energies and mythologies surrounding the sign of Virgo and then jump into the aspects of the Virgo new moon, and then we'll shift perspectives a bit and look at its sign in opposition on the zodiological wheel, which is the sign of Pisces. We'll take a check a quick look at the aspects of the Pisces full moon, which occurs September 14th, and then we'll wrap up with some tools for mindfulness so you can best use these energies in your own personal way. Thanks for joining me on this episode all about Virgo season. Let's kick things off with the song Virgo Clowns by Van Morrison. We'll be right back with the rest of the show. Let's free you from the pain. Let's see you smile again Let's unlock all the chains You're broken hearted Let's help you to forget Let's help you unlock it It's not nearly time to quit You've only started You gotta Sit down one day, please, oh, let your laughter fill the room. Let's 
So let's go over the energies of Virgo. Virgo is the sixth sign of the zodiac and as such traditionally rules the sixth house. It's the second earth sign that's between Taurus and Capricorn. It's ruled by Mercury and thought of being as cold and dry in quality as well as being feminine and negative in polarity. It's a mutable sign, which funnily enough, I was doing some research the other day and I found this really interesting Reddit thread about um, serial killers of all things, which isn't really something I'm super interested in, but serial killers and their signs. And um, about one third were Virgos, one third were Gemini, and the other last third were Sagittarius, um, which are all mutable signs, and two of which are ruled by Mercury. Um, I, you know, I always say that there's a lot more to the picture than just somebody's sun sign, but I just thought it was a, an interesting um, thread there and had a, it like was kind of reflective of mutable signs in some like bizarre way. <laughs> um, Virgos have a bit of a mad hatter quality to them, which is a phrase because hatters used to suffer from mercury poisoning, which can make you go mad. And since Virgo is ruled by mercury, I feel like this is really kind of a sad yet still interesting uh, fact that I found. Virgo also happens to be the largest constellation in the zodiac. In areas with very little light pollution, her constellation appears to be enormous, stretching across the sky like a giant. In ancient times, it would have been unmistakable as it began to march its way across the late summer night sky and marks the beginning of the harvest season. When we think about the harvest season, we are cultivating the fruits of past labors from the earth and putting them to their best use. Some things will be milled and turned into cereals and some things will be canned and other things put in the root cellar for later. But all of these actions are reflective of the Virgo nature of cultivating and making the use of the fruits of past endeavors and planning for their best use. This is where Virgo's traditional association with earth, farming, and organization comes in, but it also helps to understand why it's also considered dry and cold, as this is the best way to store many things for increased longevity and safety for the future. It's just practical, and practical in nature is Virgo at its core. Let's go over some of the mythology about Virgo to better understand and get an idea of who Virgo is and why she is the way she is. The goddess most associated with the sign of Virgo is Asterea, which means the star maiden. She was a virgin goddess of justice, innocence, and purity, and precision. She was the last of the gods to leave Earth for Mount Olympus when things were really, really bad here on planet Earth. Um, all the other gods had already left and gone up there to make that their home. She wanted to stick it out. She was very persistent, um, but eventually she did leave. That's why she's associated with Earth energy, because of her persistence and wanting to give Earth her attention and her devotion, even when everyone else had already left. And because of that, we have her to thank for her association with the harvest season. Astrea was the virgin goddess of justice, and sometimes she's depicted in images as holding scales, but try not to confuse this with the scales of Libra. The scales are also a function of, the ten of Virgo's tendency towards precision and taking in all the information available before coming to a conclusion. This is part of Mercury's influence on her energy, but basically she just wants to know all the facts and all the figures before making a call. And she's also really preoccupied with being fair. One thing I've noticed about just having conversations with Virgos in my daily life, I've noticed that when they're weighing the options of something, even if it's a little thing, um, they'll tend to let you know that they've come to a decision when they say, that's fair, I can see that when it might not be something that they're even, like they would normally be comfortable with. But if you can appeal to their sense of fairness and justice, you can usually win them over. And likewise, if you want to get one on your bad side really quickly, don't be fair, just be hasty and rush into stuff and force them to do things because they really hate that. So just a heads up. 
Another good way to look at the fairness aspect and the justice theme of Virgo energy is that it's the time of year when this energy is flying around in our universe and our solar system on a macrocosmic level tends to present us with the opportunity to assess our past actions and bring balance and fairness to those actions. It can even act as a sort of reset opportunity to evaluate what it is that you've been feeling out of whack with in your personal life and to evaluate and figure out a way moving forward that is fair and also makes sense for you while creating the right kinds of boundaries and down-to-earth plans that can be beneficial in the long term. If you take this uh Back to the farming analogy, it's a time when the farmer tends to reap what he's sown, and if you take that into your personal life, it's a time when justice upon one's actions is about to be rendered, a time when all that has happened will be judged for good or ill, and a time for change and clarity. I like to think of this as the justice card, and it's been coming up in my t- own personal tarot card readings a lot lately, so I'm a little curious to see how all that plays out. The Star Maiden is considered to be both fertile and chaste at the same time. While fertility has more to do with things other than just sexual and romantic proclivities, however, she is also associated with the harvest and being an earth sign. Her energy is beneficial, creative ideas, imagination, and being able to focus on the task at hand, and her real true gift is not being distracted by frivolity, which is so, so different and like in stark contrast to Leo's energy, which is all about like big grandiose ideas, but it's, and it's really playful, but it's also kind of lazy at the same time uh, or can be, but Virgo will work diligently to make sure that the everyday tasks are accomplished without fail. The constellation of Virgo dates back to the ancient Babylonians, where it was referred to as the furrow, which symbolizes the trench made in the ground by a field or by a plow in a field. This is both literal in the sense that the energy being associated with the harvest and the end of the planting season, but is also again metaphorical in the sense that it's representative of a woman's reproductive anatomy in a simplified way, in the shape that it's it makes, and it can also be metaphorically quote-unquote plowed, if you will. So now that we understand a little bit about the background and the mythology of the sign of Virgo, let's go and look at the negative and positive expressions of this energy. Let's start with the negatives so we can finish on a high note. Um, The negative side really kind of displays itself in a, it's, it's, it's really demanding and it can expect almost too much from people and doesn't always communicate that very clearly, which can result in disappointment. Virgo energy can be, can be really uptight and inflexible. Um, it can definitely hold a grudge because it has an excellent memory. It doesn't forget what somebody or some sort of situation might have done to it. Um, being spontaneous can give them an actual heart attack. If you suggest something that sounds fun or exciting, but it's off the beaten path, don't expect a person with a heavily influenced chart with a lot of strong Virgo placements be too thrilled about your idea. Um, They can come off as being really cold, and this has to do with it having a cold quality to the energy. On the high side, though, um, they are incredibly reliable and practical people. The energy is very loyal, and again, because they have an excellent memory, they can be great analytical thinkers. They excel at detail-oriented work. However, they can come off as being overbearing, so managing a lot of people may not be the best fit for them, as they have a tendency to micromanage, which can lead to feelings of resentment for those that they they manage. If in turn, they can learn to value their more intuitive teammates. They can learn to work together really, really fabulously. But it is a challenge that, you know, everybody can rise that occasion. Uh, they are highly skilled communicators. And as a result of 
being ruled by Mercury, reading, writing, and staying organized mentally are all traditional hallmarks of Virgo energy. They are incredibly exacting, and this can be a huge blessing, but it can also be a bit of a curse because it can get a little too bogged down in the details without seeing the bigger picture. This is where that wanting all the facts comes into play kind of thing. If they have all the facts, it's easier for them to make a call. But if they're being asked to be super creative without much of much guidelines or guidance, that can be challenging for them. Let's take a quick music break before we jump into those new moon transits. We're going to listen to this song, Judgment, by the artist Half Moon Run. We'll be right back. these new moon in Virgo transits. I think it's always helpful to know what house the moon falls in on your birth chart, by the way, so always check that out. A good rule of thumb is to count from one on your fingers as you go through the zodiac based on your rising sign. So using my chart as an example, my rising sign is Aquarius, so that would be one, Pisces two, Aries three, Taurus four, etc., all the way to Virgo at number eight, which means and tells me that this new moon lunation puts a spotlight on eighth house themes for me to work with. And you can easily figure out what house this falls in for you the same way as well. 
The new moon in Virgo occurs at 6.38 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time at 6 degrees 47 minutes and the sign of Virgo. When the moon is in Virgo, it's an especially good time to reflect or make efforts for learning. Any kind of particularly mental enterprise is favored under this energy. It's also a good time to study the cult if that's something that interests you. It's also possibly psychic or even very highly intuitive energy, but it's not at all flashy. Where its predecessor Leo is all about the glamour and the glitz and creativity, Virgo is almost a plain Jane in surface comparison, but it's much deeper on the cerebral side. That's not to say it's not beautiful, its beauty is simply more subdued and natural by comparison. The sun will be in Virgo as well, adding a brightness to the studious, to the studious intensity of all this Virgo energy, which that's how a new moon happens. It's where the sun and the moon align, uh, and that's how that's the case for every new moon. So new moons, the sun and the moon are in alignment. Full moons, the sun is illuminating the moon from across the zodiac. Um, so Venus will also be joining the Virgo, the Virgo party on this new moon. Venus and Virgo tends to be a sympathetic energy. It also denotes that profits are possible through medicine, drugs, or the healing arts, farming, food, or gardening, and possibly even careful speculation and investments. Mars will be joining us in the Virgo party as well. And while Virgo and Mars is quick to raise its hackles. It is known for having a temper, but it's not a fighter. It's a feminine and negative polarity, so it means that it's reactionary in its tempers. It's not the aggressor. This will give any plans made now a thoughtful endurance that can help even the most difficult initiatives to succeed over time. It's great energy for organizing your thoughts and putting practical matters into action. Mars and Virgo tends to place obstacles in its past, probably as a result of worrying too much, and this can be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it is a diligent and hard-working energy. So, Looking at all those personal planets, the Sun, the Moon, Mars, and Venus are all in orb of conjunction on this full moon, making this a highly, highly, highly significant and powerful full moon, possibly one of the most powerful and pinpointed energies of the entire year's worth of new moons in 2019. These Personal planets are all having a little, very practical, down-to-earth party in the sign of Virgo. This is likely to be a memorable day as Mercury is the ruler of wit of the mind and Venus and Virgo here are conjunct. And Mercury tells me that there may be fruitful opportunities that come from expressing some kind of sympathy for one kind or another. Communication will be highly favored, but very deep and detail-oriented. So make sure to reach out to those who are most important to you in your life. You might be surprised to find a sympathetic shoulder to cry on if you need to, or there may even be opportunities for healing that come from opening up or from from putting new plans into action. Mars placed here can bring about the destruction of any lingering issues or annoyances so that it's it's kind of likely actually that all the little petty, nitpicky little annoyances that have been really getting under your skin can fall away under this transit. And that is like genuinely magical, happy stuff when it happens. When you've been thinking about one thing or another and it's really been getting under your skin for it just to disintegrate and magically disappear because the judgment of the universe has fallen in one way or another and a new path opens up for you, that can feel like such an encouraging breath of fresh air and a signifier for a way forward. The moon will also be trying Uranus, which gives us a nice little break from any rude or unexpected circumstances that Uranus tends to like to give us, and instead gives us an intuitive flowing energy that might even bless us with some clairvoyant bursts. This also takes some of the pressure off the recently volatile financial mood, mood swings, as this energy will now be flowing easily instead of being in direct conflict. 
the moon is going to be square Jupiter, now finally direct after being retrograde in the sign of Sagittarius for several months. This is a more challenging aspect that can create some conflict surrounding humanitarian ideals, travel, philosophy when confronted with the practical nature of the Virgo new moon. This doesn't have to be catastrophic by any means, but it should be thought of as an opportunity to put reasonable efforts at the forefront of things, attain those lofty and often aspirational ideals that Jupiter tends to love to dream up. It may be that Jupiter's influence has asked us to bite off more than the ever practical Virgo new moon thinks is realistic to chew at once, but of course Jupiter only looks at the victory of accomplishing a goal and typically glosses over important details of things and tends to just let things fall into place for that's just the way things work for magnetic and optimistic Jupiter. However, the Virgo moon, on the other hand, will want all the details before they agree to see eye to eye on anything, which is where this conflict arises. But if both parties and energies can come to the table to agree to discuss how to accomplish things and not just get overwhelmed by the ideas and all the details involved, I think this can be really transformative and positive in the long run. There is one other challenging aspect on this new moon to contend with. With as well. It's the uh, the opposition to retrograde Neptune. This transit is difficult to predict in what way it'll show up for everyone because it's kind of just bad luck in general. It can manifest itself as psych- a, a psychotic episode or lead uh, to long, well-laid plans just sort of going awry, which will be much to Virgo's chagrin. Um, So be on the lookout for things being ruined that you thought were super well planned out and organized in advance. Like it could have been months in advance, um, but unexpectedly, everything just kind of goes out the window. So if that does happen to you, make the best of it. Make lemons out of lemonade. Don't let it ruin your day because there's going to be so much other positive energy flowing around that you should be able to rise the occasion and make alternative plans pretty quickly because like I said, you've got Mercury, Virgo, you've got Venus, Mercury, Mars, and the Sun and Moon all in that same sector of the chart. So this should be like helping to get over all of that other, all the other obstacles that might arise in a way that um, is really practical and down to earth and makes sense and can be a lot of fun once you roll with those punches. Just don't get hung up on those details too much because that's, that's Virgo's sticking point and can be like the thorn in everybody's side. So just keep that in mind. We're going to take a quick music break and we'll be right back with the rest of the show. As I look into the great night sky, I see the star maiden waiting. Among the many worlds she stands, and she always gently beckons for me to look among the heavens and remember my beginnings there. She calls me to return in dreams and to follow the shining waters that heal my heart and mind. 
the sky is like a lover to whom you've always belonged, whose eyes hold all the secrets for which you've always longed, for which you've always longed. As I look into the great night sky, I see the star maiden waiting. On the many world she stands and she always gently beckons for me to look among the heavens and remember my beginnings there she calls me to return in dreams and to follow the path of the bear for the sky is like a lover to whom always belonged, whose eyes hold all the secrets for which you've always longed, for which you've always longed. So I take the star maiden's hand and fly among stars, meet my ancient relations there in the dream time where they all are. Eternally keeping in the light and the wisdom of all time My soul drinks from the shining waters that heal my heart and mind My soul drinks from the shining waters that heal my heart and mind For the spirit is a lover to hold always belonged, who holds all the secrets for which you've always longed, for which you've always longed. That was Lisa Teal with The Star Maiden off of the album Songs for Healing. If you enjoy the podcast, consider signing up for the Daily Dose emails. They're only five bucks a month to subscribe and you get an email every day, Monday through Friday. Friday covers the weekend edition and it's uh, only going to be found if you subscribe to the Daily Dose via me, but I write these horoscopes and they're illustrated and you can see where the stars are in the sky as well as some witty little anecdotal illustrations that go along with it. People have been really, really enjoying it, and they've been uh, getting a lot of positive feedback, saying they're right on the money, and they're really helpful and insightful. Even if people who don't read them every day, uh, they say, like, oh, I, I might only check it, like, three or four times a week, but if there's a day where just crazy stuff is happening, it's really great to go back and check out that day's horoscope, and I understand why what was happening was going on and it is just a helpful tool um so consider checking that out if you're interested um and if you're not interested and you still like the podcast consider leaving us a review on whatever service you listen to us on and um share it with your friends that's how we grow um thanks for listening and joining us on the show your support really does um continue to make this happen uh what else what else what else oh there's gonna be a workshop in costa rica coming up probably in december i still don't know all the details about it and i'll tell you why towards the end of the show in the manifesting section but for now let's go ahead and jump on into those piscean waters of the full moon that'll correspond with this month's virgo new moon lunation and go over those transits so we can understand a little bit more about what's coming at us. And I think by looking at the sister signs, we understand more about ourselves and the zodiac. So let's get right to that. The full moon in Pisces will occur on September 14th at 12.33 a.m. at 21 degrees and five minutes in the sign of Pisces. The Virgo sun will be sesquiquadrant to retrograde Uranus at 6 degrees 11 minutes in Taurus. The sesquiquadrant is a more challenging aspect, which uh, in this case 
can be somewhat unpredictable and maybe you're thinking, okay, wait, like the sun's in Virgo, Uranus is in Taurus, shouldn't those be trine? Yes, they should be, but because of the degree amount, um, at this point in time, the sun will be further along in the sign of Virgo, so and Uranus will be retrograde moving backwards, so their energy is in conflict and pulling in different directions, so they wouldn't be as harmonious as they could possibly be normally, if that makes sense. Um, but Uranus, the planet of unpredictability, and sesquiquadrate is a challenging aspect. Um, Uranus likes to bring clairvoyant and unexpected changes. It likes to be forward-thinking and humanitarian. Um, it wants to be provocative and, and thought-provoking to make make things that are difficult and status quo, um, like things that are that most people would think are fine, but Uranus has the foresight and the the like clairvoyant knowledge to be able to tap into what is right for humanity in the long term and bring it to our attention. And it does this in kind of unexpected, abrupt ways that you like by definition just like cannot predict. Um, so look out for a thing like little bumps in the road around this full moon. Um, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenging full moon and I'll tell you why. Libra is also going to be playing a like Libra energy in general is going to be playing a role in this um, because Mercury and Venus both will be moving into the sign of Libra right after the sesquiquadrate happens. So we're going to be feeling this moon and sun opposition, which is typical of a full moon. That's where this like idea of crazy making and conflict and just like trouble happening comes from on a full moon. Um, that's one reason we see the ERs fill up faster during full moons. That's why people have big fights and things tend to quote unquote come to light under the full moon. And this is because the sun's rays are literally illuminating our dark satellite, the moon. And so while this is a good thing, usually in the long run, uh, is more challenging to experience. And I'm thinking there's going to be some issues with communication and our Venus um, Venus transiting into her home sign of Libra, some waves being made in that realm where um, we might be challenged to deal with our hearts and our minds and our way we communicate our feelings versus being practical and doing what most people would expect us to do, where uh, we're going to be more inclined to be diplomatic and, but somewhat like conflicting as well. Like um, this Libra and energy that's going to be coming to play in this Virgo atmosphere um, with the Sun in Virgo and Pisces, um, with the Moon in Pisces, tells me that. There's going to be a lot of like drama surrounding our romantic feelings and the way we're communicating with them. Um, and this can manifest itself in lots of ways. I would definitely check out where this lunation is occurring in your chart. So it'll like give you a guide as to those themes. And just be on the lookout for unexpected, sort of unusual uh, consequences. Um, but that'll pass... And things might calm down later in the day on September 14th, since that full moon really does occur almost at like right after midnight, the night before on the 13th, and the moon moves into Aries the evening of the 14th. This might be felt more on the 13th of September. And we've got some interesting stuff happening there too. We've got the moon in opposition to Mars, so there's going to be some conflicts there. Um, well, we've got the moon in Pisces and Mars at, in Virgo at the same at the same 16 degrees, which tells me that we're going to be driven to take action um, in spite of our inner emotional or inner emotional life. And um, with it being in Virgo, we're going to probably with Mars being in Virgo, we're probably going to see some element of self-sabotage happening. Um and again, like check out where this falls for you in your chart to get some more insight. Um, Uranus is still retrograde. Neptune is still retrograde. And the 
I'd say that the biggest, most challenging aspect surrounding this full moon is that Mars is going to be in opposition to retrograde Neptune. Uh, and Neptune is the ruler of Pisces. So this tells me that there's going to be some sort of conflict. Um, and it's going to be a big one because... Uh, Neptune is one of the outer planets. It's slow moving and it's retrograde. So this is old issues coming to light. This isn't anything new, but it's going to be like make or break things coming to a head, coming to the surface to finally be confronted, dealt with so that you can move on um, for that next new moon coming up later the following month. There can be trouble surrounding unexpected issues with the opposite sex during this transit, the Mars in opposition to retrograde Neptune, and um, also a little bit of a sense of self-indulgence is likely as well. Um, So be careful of being out there drinking too much and shooting your mouth off or getting into a fight with your lover, your friend, or anybody that you're romantically interested in or somebody from your past as well, since this sign is retrograde, it strongly points to some sort of person, situation, or relationship issue that is from the past. And since this is a personal planet, Mars being a personal planet, confronting an opposition to an outer planet, this has been a long time coming. So it might be something that you've been glossing over and wanting to just sort of have, you know, water under the bridge, so to speak. But, um... Under this full moon, you know, you really could find a way to uh, bury the hatchet long term. I say these are challenging aspects and oppositions traditionally are, but they also present an opportunity. Every challenging aspect presents an opportunity to understand more of yourself and to adapt and embrace change and to start a conversation about how to most effectively address the issues. That's the highest vibrational ability and aspect of embracing conflict. Um, Conflict happens for a reason. It addresses what we're missing or what we're not getting or what we need to get. It helps us set boundaries and it helps us to define what it is that we find important in our lives. So when I say things are challenging, yeah, it's stressful in the moment, but if you work with it instead of fighting it, Um, everybody just goes so much further, so much faster. So um, be on the lookout, see what comes up, and try to embrace it in the moment if you can. If not, try to learn from it and open a line of dialogue and open kind communication as soon as possible. So now that we've talked a little bit about what's going on with the full moon, let's talk about manifesting. I've got a little personal manifestation story to share with you. Longtime listeners know that I started the podcast last year partially out of major frustration with my day job. I've continued to work the day job at a pretty well-known big company in my area in the creative department until a few days ago. Um, And uh, Well, (laughs) we'll get to that part in a second, but on paper, the job might have seemed like the perfect fit for me in a lot of ways, but in reality, it just felt like a never-ending treadmill of projects that never seemed to be valued by the establishment, and more and more creative aspects of the business kept getting distributed to people who fundamentally just were not creative, and they were being outsourced, Um, and then, you know, I was like as a creative, just being under-supported and underfunded, And as someone, as an individual who can't help but to try to constantly improve my craft and is always looking for ways to do this, I wasn't content to just let my, do- my job dictate my career. So the podcast became my creative outlet for all those hopes, dreams, and aspirations that my day job just couldn't offer me. Um, and a season goes by and around the time of the Scorpio full moon back in this most recent May, I saw a job posting pop up in my inbox and it caught my eye. It was at an organization that I had long admired and even had some minor connections with. So after making a few preliminary phone calls to feel things out, I submitted my resume and my application on the day of the new moon in Gemini. So two weeks later. Um, And I went through a few rounds of interviews and accepted the job offer to my dream job on the new moon in Leo. 
part of the reason I got the job was definitely because of this podcast and for putting the effort in and the work in, and the like the many, many, many hours it takes to write this, to record this, to edit this, uh, to make it sound good at all um, has made me uh, like, A, it's, I've learned a lot about writing and writing for um, a, like kind of a, a weird mix of something that has a theme and a story, but is also timely and has to be delivered and put out within a certain time frame to be relevant and wanted wanting to be consumable. Um, so I got a lot of really great experience from it. Um, and I'd like to also say that I'll be starting, officially starting my new job as a producer and editor at um, a prominent uh, public broadcasting company here in Georgia, uh, right around the Virgo new moon. So I just wanted to go over like the, the way that these energies spoke to me personally through this manifestation journey to give you all listening an idea of how to work with these in a personal way, because you don't necessarily have to follow everything by the book. You should look at your astrology chart and feel things with your gut instincts. And then also, in addition to just doing that, put in the hard work. And I promise you, you'll get to where you're supposed to be if you keep at it. I know that it's it has worked for me. It has taken a long time, but um, that's how this kind of meditation and manifestation work works, is that you, know, you put your intentions in on the new moon, and on the full moon you get to the next place of fulfillment, and then it can take a year or two for these things to come to fruition. Um, but so why I mentioned the Scorpio full moon is my midheaven is in the sign of Scorpio and midheaven is all about career. Um, so I got the little tip from the universe about my career right around the full moon in Scorpio. And then, um, I applied and communicated my desire for this job that was also in communications on the Gemini new moon, um, which Gemini is reflective of communications. It's also ruled by Mercury, much like Virgo is. And then I went through the uh, interview process and the job was offered to me on the new moon in Leo. And Leo is known for being one of the most creative signs, which that was the main issue with my old previous role. Um, so these little clues really spoke to me. And uh, I know that I'm going to have to put in a lot of work because every time I interviewed for this job, Virgo was rising at, like during my phone interview, during my internal in-person interview. So I get a little clue about um, like what it's going to be like to be there. I just know that I'm going to have to be very practical and down to earth with what I expect, but I also have a sense that I can be very much fulfilled there for hopefully for a long time and I'll finally have a chance to learn and to grow and you'll be able to see my name on TV shows that people will actually watch now and I can't I, like it's hard for me to express how um, and sound excited because I'm in the blanket for it recording um, the, you know, this podcast like I've, I've always been the blanket for recording it so it doesn't quite seem real to me yet um it's still a few weeks away from my start date so I'm kind of in uh like between job limbo and release mode like letting that stuff go and allowing new energy to open itself up and become available for what's in the store for me but I I don't often share a lot of what's going on in my personal life in the show because I, I want this show to be applicable to as many people as possible. And many of you who listen do not know me, but I think maybe it might be sort of inspirational without sounding too braggy to just give you a little bit of hope that if you do this stuff, it can really make a difference in your in your life. And just just do whatever speaks to you. Like take what you what resonates and leave the rest and um you'll be in a in a good place. So um I I realize that I'm gonna have to stay humble and work hard and um just you know remember what it was that inspired me all that time ago when I wanted to start this show and um, keep working hard and just be grateful, number one, like every day to have the opportunity to get to bring my message and my work to a larger audience 
than what who can just find me in the podcast um, in the podcasting world because you know that's kind of random and totally haphazard and based on algorithms and luck and shared interest so and honestly I don't even know what kind of stuff I'm going to be be making yet for larger audiences I know that it's going to be educational and it's going to be on television so I like and I get to have creative control which is amazing to me is amazing so um with that little bit of good news and um hopefully a little bright spot for all of you out there let's go and maybe when people ask you about what makes this astrology podcast different from all the others is that it's i can say that it's proven to work real tangible results in in my life so maybe you have too and if you can share with me some of your insights and your stories I would love to hear them because um it's just I love hearing from the listeners I love people emailing me back who get the daily dose subscription when something is spot on in their life I just love hearing about it because it it reminds me that there's actually people out there listening (laughs) which is kind of um sometimes I really have no idea uh, and also, um, it just makes me feel like it, it's like, it's worth it, you know? So with that, let's go into questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation during Virgo season. Virgo is all about planning, understanding details, and finding a sort of judgment on what you need and what you need to let go of in order to move forward. Um, so Find a a way to take a kind of stock list of what it is that you have, where your relationships sort of might feel like they're too draining, or you're you're giving more than you're getting out of them, and think about peaceful ways to come to a resolution to reestablish positive boundaries, and kindly ask for what it is that you need out of those relationships. And if that's not something that person can do, you're gonna have to be willing to walk away. Um, It happens, you know? And maybe sometimes you can get back together down the line when you've had some time and space to grow and understand um, and change what it is that might've been an issue circumstances certainly change over time but you can't be clinging to something that isn't working for you because that energy is then being blocked and keeping you from developing what what could be something more fruitful down the road look for a way to perhaps um of service in your life to others around you. Virgo is excellent energy for planning and maybe there's somebody who could use your assistance planning an event or a move or something like that. Uh, This can be an act of love and service and you don't necessarily need to ask for anything in return but if it just makes you feel good that's making more positive energy in the world and that's reward in and of itself a lot of times. The sign of Virgo is most connected to the root chakra. So this is an excellent place to focus your meditation on. It's grounding, it's earthy. Make sure that you're being tied to your life in a strong, supportive way uh, and not living out of fear because then you're gonna manifest negative things in your life like fear of income not going as far as you'd like it to or not having enough of something those are negative expressions of blocked root chakra energy Um, working with the new moon in virgo and focusing on your root chakra can really help to strengthen your sense of groundedness in the world and make you just feel more balanced and connected in your day-to-day life, but it can also open up major opportunities for you. The root chakra is probably one of the most important chakras to work with, and if it's out of balance, and everything else is out of balance as well. So um, give it some attention during this new moon. And um, another thing to focus on is really take account of where your health lies. Virgo is super strongly connected to health matters and um, medical professions. So this is a great time to address any 
lingering concerns over issues you might have concerning your your healthy habits or your unhealthy habits and consider making some positive resolutions you don't have to wait for new years to make changes a new moon can be just as powerful and sometimes even better because you have planetary's energy working on your side to help you go farther with those intentions one thing i will Uh, just suggest for all of our listeners and Virgos too is to just try to avoid the nitpicking. This can be uh, something that we default to when we don't feel like we're being heard. We tend to say the same things over and over again, but instead of beating a dead horse and forcing people to tune out because you aren't um, adapting or changing the message, make sure that you what you're saying, what you intend to say is connecting with your audience in a meaningful way. So you don't have to say it over and over again. That's one way to avoid nitpicking and try to step back from the details and enjoy the bigger picture. You don't have to know everything all the time to be able to appreciate how something's made and why, and you know, just something beautiful in the world. You don't have to look at the details of every single little leaf on every single little tree to enjoy the beauty of a forest. All right, that's it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. Thank you all so much for joining me on this journey today. And get in touch with me, bloodmoonmilk.com. Sign up for the daily dose in the sidebar there. Follow me on social media. Sometimes I post. It's getting less and less frequent because I'm spending a lot of my time writing those horoscopes specifically for those daily dose subscribers. But if you subscribe, you'll never miss your horoscope because it'll be in your inbox first thing in the morning. Blood Moon Milk is written by me, Aurora, and I'll play you out with the song To Wish Impossible Things by The Cure, because if you're going to make impossible things happen, you're going to have to have a plan, and nobody's better at planning than a Virgo. Happy Virgo season.
Oh